All right. All right. So uh, if we haven't met, my name's Aaron. I'm a part of this thing. Um, we're so pumped you're with us. And uh, you're one of your pastors and wife, like, just totally killed that and led worship. Like, multi-talented. Like, that's not in your job description, but thank you. That was amazing. Thank you. Um, I know we've got uh, a lot of people still traveling, and we're right at the end. We kind of knew that we were going to bump up into that. School starts this week. It's like the last hurrah for a lot of people to get out of town. But, uh, yeah, you know, as we were working through the calendar and stuff, we're like, you know what? We just need to lean in. We need to dial in. So, uh, and celebrate and talk about where God has taken us and where he's taking us. And so, correct me if I'm wrong, Charlie, this year, this week, right, is one year since our communities, like, informally came together? Yeah, August 8th, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I will say, like, for those of you who've been around, um, Cockrums, through the thick and thin, uh, through everything that happened, COVID. Don't get me going on COVID. Um, the gift that your community has been to us and coming together has just been uh, just one of the bright spots amidst just like a lot of hard, you know, and it's a gift that keeps on giving. And a number of you have been a part of that. And so thank you. Thanks, thanks for being here. And also, we got some stuff to celebrate. Um, I told you girls, you gals, I'm going to do this. So come on, come on. We got some introductions to some new human beings. We're going to grow this thing one way or another. And if it's making babies, that's the way we're going to do it. So, Bree, please. Yes, this is our third little boy, Keller Coy Figgins. Um, he was born on June 24th, six weeks. Is Keller Loy? <laughs> Keller Loy, sorry, I said that wrong. <laughs> um, no, yeah, he's got my great-grandfather's name, which I admit I didn't even know him, but I really liked his name, so <laughs> we went with it. Um, and he has a, a new little best friend that was born very, very close <laughs> to the same day. We just like to have our kids very, very close because our seconds are four days apart, three, three days apart. And these are hours apart, so different days, but hours apart, so. Yeah, so we were also both at UT at the same time. I saw her story on Instagram. I had just had her, and I was like, are you here? And then literally across the hall, so I went and met him. It was so fun. Um, but this is Aurelia. Uh, you don't have to remember her name. We call her Ray, um, but her name is Aurelia, and it means golden one and golden dream. And we knew there was, like, something about the golden side with her we wanted to name her after. And then her middle name is Elizabeth, which is my mother-in-law's name. Um, so it is a family name, too. So, yes, this is our golden one. I love it. I love it. Can we give them some love? I mean, that's a big deal. It's a big deal. Those two are going to be leading us someday, so you better love them well. So, and then on top of that, um, you know, many of us have been very concerned about Christina and uh, her finding the right one. And, and then they go out, you know, Mark comes out of nowhere, and we're like, this is the guy. This is totally the guy. And then they go to Thailand for, what, three weeks? Two weeks. And then we saw the video. I was like three days late. I was like, how did this not, like, Instagram's algorithm is so off. That I should have seen this the moment it posted. And you guys are engaged. Yes. Incredible. 
And Thailand is an amazing place to make that happen. So I got to know, Christina, do you know it was coming? I suspected it, yeah. 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 We were we were watching the video and we're like, Christina knew this was coming. And then like he's like bearing his soul down on one knee on top of this building, this incredible view, and she's like, just put it on. Just put it on. And she's like, got it. <laughs> it's amazing. So we're so happy for you guys. And for the record, you're perfect for each other. And I'm so glad that God brought you together. Just awesome. So 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 let me just say this. Uh, it's Vision Night. I really don't like that title at all. Um, it brings all kinds of things to mind that uh, I feel like I, I need to undo. And so let me just tell you a very short story about little Aaron. Um, I think we have, I think we have like a superhero myth when it comes to leaders, pastors, church planners, uh, authors, prophets, missionaries, you know, Fill in the blank. Um, I never wanted to do this with my life, ever. Um, it's been really fun watching our kids grow up uh, in a really weird way because you get to see kind of, you know, echoes, like glimmers of yourself, and you're like, oh, my goodness, right? So Megan has said repeatedly, like, watching Paige grow up, she's like, that is me. That is, she calls her my mini-me. Um, watching Jackson grow up, I feel the same way. Chloe, you've been gifted with the best of both and hopefully none of the worst. Uh, but for Jackson, you know, you watch him. Uh, our good friends, the Gerald's, Mike and Jackie, and the family are here with us uh, this weekend. And they walked in the house, and Jackson's doing his own thing on the couch. And <laughs> we're making introductions and whatever. And Jackson's on the couch, and he goes, I'm an animal. And then he like pretends to be like a tiger and then goes back and does his own thing. Just so you know, that was me as a kid. Uh, very comfortable being by myself. Uh, introvert. Did not like the idea of being on stage or carrying influence. Um, I love, I don't know about you, but like I grew up in the, the era of uh, Behind the Music, VH1 Behind the Music. That was like my favorite show of all time. It probably still is. I love... I love hearing the stories behind the people who have shaped us and given us the soundtrack for our lives, and, uh, and, and actors and actresses too. And one of the very, really interesting things, like if you ever watch interviews with actors and actresses, um, it's so fascinating to me that these people who are like, in our minds, alphas and omegas, like these leading men and women, um, when you hear about their childhood, a lot of them are like super introverted, um, you know, really imaginative, totally fine on their own, uh, kind of found their way into art, and then it just kind of struck gold, and, you know, they kind of found their way. But they still, in, to this day, some of them are terrible in interviews. They're so awkward, you know what I mean? And you're just like, like Joaquin Phoenix, perfect example, right? Phenomenal actor, like phenomenal, one of our generation's greatest if you ever listen to him on a podcast, it's the worst. It's the worst. He doesn't want to talk to anybody. Like, you know, one answer to questions, one-word answers. Um, and I think for me, like, I kind of felt the same way where, you know, if you would have asked me, like, hey, you want to be a leader? You want to be a pastor? You want to be a church planner? You want to be an influencer? Or anything like that, I would have, one, I wouldn't probably know what most of those things were. But when I did know what they were, I would tell you, no, I don't know. Mm -mm, I'm fine on my own. Um, that kind of thing. And then, you know, I think as we grow older and we start to try stuff, 
the Spirit of God does what the Spirit of God does. And there's like this crazy fruit that happens and you're like, how did that happen? Um, that's how I found my way into ministry, just so you know. So, you know, I don't want my face on a billboard. Like I don't long for my book or my name to be like in a subtitle of a giant church or anything like that. Uh, just trying to be faithful, you know, right? And so when I think about like vision night, like I think about like the pastors, the leaders I look up to who are like the alphas, who are casting this compelling vision. Like this is what God has in store for us for the next three years or 10 years or whatever. I'm not that guy. And, and honestly, I don't, I don't really like buy into that stuff if I'm, if I'm being really honest. Uh, you know, it conjures up in, like images of like Moses, you know, like this is the pastor role. He goes up on the mountain or she goes up on the mountain. God gives them the vision. Oh, thank you. I was probably about to trip over that gives them this vision and it's, you know, carved in stone and like this amazing leader comes down the mountain with these tablets and says, thus saith the Lord. And uh, I don't know, maybe it's part of me getting older and turning the corner on 40 and that kind of thing, but I just don't buy that anymore. I don't think that that's what spiritual leadership was meant to be. I don't think that's what the church is meant to be. I think where God takes us collaboratively as a community, like as a family of faith, has as much to do with every single person sitting in this room as anybody who might hold this for a few minutes. And there'll be a bunch of us holding this for a few minutes tonight, right? And so, um, and I think any, honestly, I think any leader that tells you different is selling something and you should probably be suspicious uh, because something fundamentally changed in Jesus where you don't need an arbitrator between God and you, right? There's this powerful thing that happened the moment that Jesus laid down his life that would change everything forever. And for some reason in the American church, we can't quite figure this out, probably because we love celebrities so much that curtain tore, right, between the Holy of Holies, which was metaphorically, physically represented the separation between God the Father, his presence, and this world. And Jesus said, like, some really radical things, right? Like, he said, it's actually better for me to go, which I don't think anybody bought. If he told me that in 2023, I'd be like, you're full of it. Like, Jesus, please don't go, you know? Like, you, we got, you're the guy. Like, please stay with us here. And he's like, no, you, you don't understand. It's better for me to go because I'm gonna send my spirit. Like, I'm gonna be with you and no longer you're gonna need to go to a tabernacle or to an altar or to a church building. Like, God is going to be present in you, with you. And every time that two or more of you are gathered, I am going to be there. My spirit is going to pour out. And now we've got a priesthood of all believers, right? And so everybody who is in Christ, you are a pastor. No matter how much, like you may be, a, you're a good one or a bad one. You're gonna grow into one, but no matter like how, where you land on that, you are a minister of the gospel. You have, you have already been given permission. You've been called by God, empowered by Jesus, uh, empowered by the spirit. Like that's where the action is. Right, not in a big room, 
with somebody in skinny jeans and a great show. God is so good, he uses that too, you know? But when we talk about the future of this community and where God might take us, you just know like you're a central, a central role in that. Like you're a really big part in that, right? What I don't think you need is for any pastor, male, female, young or old, to get up and say, thus saith the Lord, right? Sometimes I joke, thus saith the Loy, because that's probably all I have to offer when it comes to like where God wants to take you and what he wants to do in you and through us. But God's doing something. Uh, he's doing a lot of things in our midst. And here's, um, here's kind of the crazy thing. Uh, Mike and I talk about this a lot. And it's one of the things that he probably said to me years ago. And like the legalist in me, like the good religious boy, the elder brother and the prodigal son, like really struggled with this for a long time. And over years, it has changed my life. And I'm going to say it to you right now. Um, and the religious person in you is going to get mad at this. So just brace yourself. You don't have to do anything. God doesn't need you to do what he's gonna do. God is taking all of this somewhere. And his wishes to make this world right and to fix all that is broken and to eradicate the pain and the abuse and the suffering and the disease He's going to do all that. And the kingdom is going to come on earth as it is in heaven. And Jesus the king will reign. And all that stuff that we mourn and we read about and we feel is going to be gone forever. But God doesn't need you to make that happen. Like It's just going to happen. So you don't have to do anything. So what do you want to do? You know, you get one life. And then we're going to sing and dance and party with Jesus. It's going to be amazing, right? Build homes with our own hands. Be reunited with family. All those things are coming. But in this one life, like, what do you want to do? Knowing that you don't have to do anything. Like, what has God put in you? that the people in your sphere of influence like need. You know, the stuff you love. Like it, it doesn't need to feel like work or suffering all the time. What do you enjoy? Or what are the broken parts of this world that keep you up at night that you feel so deeply that something has to do, some, someone has to do something about that. Just so you know, like God has gone before you and he's gonna complete it but if you want to be a part of what he's up to, that invitation is open to you every second, every moment, but he doesn't need you. Like, don't live with that. There, if you decide today to go do all, just imagine the most heinous sins that you think are the worst. The stuff you say no to, maybe some of the stuff you say yes to, and you just totally lean into it and go off the rails for the rest of your life, just so you know, that will not change the way that God feels about you. Like, sit in that. I know, I know you don't want to believe me on that. I know, I know. 
the internal moral code t- wants to tell you, right? Like, you got to keep it, you know, or it's like grace on the front end, it's works on the back end. Like, God's been so good, and now you need to make it worth it. It's like, no. He is just a loving father who is crazy about you, will never leave you, never forsake you. No matter what you do or don't do, will not change the way he feels about you. And you can rest in that for the rest of your life. You don't have to do anything. But as you sit in that place, my hunch is the Spirit's going to stir up some stuff in your heart, in your imagination. And you're probably going to start to see some of the people that God's surrounded you with, with different eyes. And it's like, man, if that's true, that is the best news. That is, that is good news. How can we not share that, right? It's like, but you don't have to. But just know you're invited. So here's the thing. So this is how this fleshes itself out for us as a community. Uh, again, what I don't think you need is for Charlie or I or anybody else to get up and say, this is God's plan for our church. This is how many we're going to have in this room, you know, 12 months from now. This is how many microchurches we're going to launch. This is what our budget's going to be three years from now. Uh, you know, I'll, that's in God's hands, whatever. But what I do think is that what God has put in you, what the Spirit stirs up in your heart, right, Tyler, right? Like, you're a key part of this. I think about what God's been doing in you guys. I think about your neighborhood, right? Like, because you're a part of this community, it's like, that's a part of our story, right? Like, God wants to do, he's already ahead of you. Like, you're ahead of us, and he's ahead of you. But for me as a pastor, I'm like, I know the heartbeat, the vision of what you want to see happen on your block. And I'm like, we need to get behind that. Like, we need to pour gasoline on that fire, Right? We have a common purse as a church family. How can we help? And I think that's how it works. Right? I, I think that's how vision in a community and a faith community works. Right? So Christina, who's, you know, coaches people with life decisions and nutrition and all these different things, I'm like, all right, guess what? Commonwealth is in the nutrition business. How can we see the kingdom come in those relationships as it is in heaven? How can we take like our communal resources and push them to what she's doing? How can we cover that in prayer and rally around that? Right, Shane, Chrissy, South Landing, whole community of people who look to them as leaders and stewards of that community they, by God's grace, created and shepherd. It's like, all right, we're also in the fitness business, friends. Commonwealth is in the fitness business. How do we cover that in prayer? What do you need? Right? I remember sitting around the table with you four or five years ago at that point. It's so cool to see how far you guys have come. You know, at that point, you're like, we need help. <laughs> so much is happening. Um, and now you guys are in such a healthier place. But still, things are happening. Double, just double your space. New people are going to be coming in that community. It's like, man, Jesus' church is at South Landing. How do we push resources there? How do we cover that in prayer? How do we multiply what God wants to do there? Right, Kirk at the graduate. We're also in the hospitality, Commonwealth is in the hospitality business. Don't know if you know that, right? Chris, working at UT, right? Advising students. Oh, we're in the education business as well, right? All these young adults coming in. This man gets to sit down with them, help them try to figure out the next few years of their lives in a really pivotal time in their lives. Commonwealth is there. 
right? God's kingdom, Jesus' church is there, right? And so for us, like, as we talk about vision, like, this, I think this is the way it was meant to be, is God has given us all resources and abilities, and we get to give out of faithfulness, and those come into this common purse or common wealth or whatever. It's not the reason behind the name, but it seems kind of fit, right? But these common resources, and then we ask, like, where, what is God up to? And now how do we cover that in prayer and circle around one another and push more and more resources to the forefront of what God is doing, not in this space, but Monday through Saturday. And this is where we just get to come and love each other and worship and sing, tell stories, circle back on Jesus. But the real stuff happens out there, right? And so I say all that to say, like, you play Every single one of you in this room plays such a key role in what God wants to do in this community and what he's going to do in this community. And the plans are all open-handed. And the funds are all, increasingly, as we'll hear tonight, open-handed. We just want to partner with God with what he's already up to. And your part in this story shapes all of our story. And we're just going to steward that to the best of our ability. That sound good? It does depend on you saying yes to Jesus. I will say that. But he's going to go before you, and he's going to do the work with or without you. So just so you know, just know you're invited to the party. And he's going to do the rest.